Are you struggling to find time, energy, or a focus in your life? Are you struggling with isolation and feelings of a loss of community? In this episode, what we're going to do is we're going to look at one of the major issues contributing to these problems. And I'm going to help you figure out how to start to get your life back. Welcome to the conversation. This is Phil. Hey guys, welcome to Filter, a podcast where we seek to apply biblical clarity to a chaotic world. My name is Aaron Champ. Welcome to the conversation. Today what we're looking at is the issue of digital media and devices and how they're impacting our lives today. Over two decades ago, there was this guy uh, named Doug Grotheis, who is a Christian philosopher, and he wrote a book called The Soul in Cyberspace. Back in 1997, he was looking forward uh, at the at what kind of future we could expect because of the rapid increase in development of, of technology, of the internet, and so on. And he said this, he warned that the compulsive search for diversion is often an attempt to escape the wretchedness of life. We have great difficulty being quiet in our rooms. Cyberspace may be the greatest temptation yet to humanity to lose its soul in diversion. You see, what he noticed even a, a long time ago was that uh, the increase in digital media and devices and the internet and so on, what it was doing was it was creating a threat to two of the greatest facets of our life. The first of which is embodied relationships, uh, the community and the uh, social fabric that we enjoy, the relationships that we enjoy with one another. And the second was for us to live a sort of mindful presence in life, be able to go about in life, uh, being aware of, how we need to grow, how uh, we are dealing with our own anxieties and what anxieties are eating at us below the surface and uh, pondering deeply upon uh, big ideas and so on. He showed it, he uh, saw even from far away how cyberspace, as he called it back then, but what we would call today social media, games, the news, whatever else, is the greatest temptation to uh, distract ourselves from all of these things. In my experience as a pastor and also as a young person, I've talked to tons of people who are really concerned because they recognize what a temptation it can be for uh, us to get lost in the diversions of media in whatever form they might come in. And so what I want to try to do in this episode today is figure out how we can start to think about digital media just a little bit and then start to apply some practical principles for us to get our life back and our relationships back from the overreach of digital media into our lives. So let's just talk about first why we need a sort of Christian theology or a Christian understanding of media. We need this because I'm afraid that as Christians, we might look around at the world around us and say, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think social media has been that big of a good. It seems to be contributing to the uh, separations that there are in our society and the polarization in politics. And I don't think uh, gaming is all that great because people are spending way too much time doing it. And, and looking at all these different big media uh, outlets or whatever they might be in our, in our uh, society and culture and look and say, yeah, they're a problem. But what I'm afraid about is that they are equally as big a problem for us, for Christians. I don't think that we are any better off than anyone else in our culture at handling these things well. Here's why. Because we have never stopped and thought about if and how we should use the variety of medias around us. 
whenever I think about what kind of teaching have I heard in, in my life, especially growing up as a, as a believer and growing up as a person in church, what kind of teaching did I hear on how I should approach digital media? And the only teaching that I could think of was don't watch porn. <laughs> now, that's a good place to start. I definitely don't recommend it, but we need more than that. Christians need to be equipped with better teaching than that to be equipped to approach and handle media well, going beyond just that one very true uh, and good statement. Let me give you just two reasons why we need an overall philosophy and theology that goes beyond just simplistic uh, you know, teachings. The first is because uh, when it comes to media, every positive is a potential negative and every gain is a potential loss. We could look at this in a lot of different ways. Let me just talk to you about a couple of them. The first one is we'll look at the gain of better networking and connectivity that is given to us by technology and call that a good thing. Because of cell phones and text messaging, we can now get connected with anyone across the country, across the globe within an instant. As long as we have their number, we can get in touch with them. And that's a pretty amazing thing that uh, the human race did not have up until a couple of decades ago. So that's awesome. And that's been just expanded upon by email and then by social media messaging and social media networks. So now because of social media, you can get onto Facebook or Instagram or Twitter and connect with people all across the country and build these networks that a lot of positive things can come out of, right? And so we look at this and we say, that's a good thing. And I would agree with that. But we need to understand that with that potential gain, there are a lot of potential losses. So we look and say better networking is a good thing for us. But what social media also offers is better networking for the bad guys. We know from the news, we know from looking at current events that the bad guys use social media for their networking just as much as we do for ours. Right? Terrorist groups uh, frequently use Twitter to radicalize and mobilize and recruit people across the world. We see white supremacists and white nationalists all over sites like 4chan and 8chan spreading their wickedness, spreading their hate, devising all kinds of uh, wicked things. And so while, yes, we are in a sense able to better network, so are the bad guys. And so that's a potential loss there. Uh, another potential loss or potential negative that we need to think about is with all of these new open channels for connection and for communication, we now open ourselves to many more potential pathways toward temptation that may have not been there before. So these can, uh, you, you can see this in a lot of different ways. Let's think about it. I can think of an example just in terms of a, a teenager or preteen who is now able to get in touch with all kinds of people after school that just once again, just a decade before, their parents would have been able to limit the contact with these different people, whether they be adult predators or whether they should be bad influences or bullies from their school. A while back before social media, parents would have been able to easily cut off those potential pathways to temptation or towards bullying because once the kid came home, they were home and they were separated from all those things. We can see this in adults as well. They can be opened up to all kinds of new opportunities for temptation or for uh, following sinfulness and wickedness and whatever else that may have not been there before. Uh, you can see this is how uh, so many married people could be now opened up to the temptation of starring some kind of online flirtation that leads to emotional and or physical adultery. Uh, people who might have a proclivity to online to gambling and now of all of the um, 
online opportunities that there are to just feed that addiction. People who might have uh, a temptation to the abuse of drugs, finding pathways now through technology to get in touch with the people who give those drugs, a lot of new opportunities for temptation and so on. Here's another big loss. While we see the internet and social media as a great way to connect ourselves, in connecting ourselves, what we often do is we connect ourselves at the price of embodied relationships. We know this from research, but then we also know this just from our own lives and from the people that we talk to, that social media has often led us to feeling more isolated and more alone because what we're doing is we are spending less time investing into face-to-face interaction, embodied community where we are fully engaged in conversation with one another in the place of relationships and conversations that are being mediated by these various social networks. And so what happens is now people who uh, we know from research, the people who engage and give more and more time to the social networks uh, report feeling increased rates of loneliness, isolation, and loss of community. So that's just one. Uh, Another one we can think of is the greater access to information that is offered to us, right? We've got all this information now everything that we could possibly want to know at the touch of our fingertips through these supercomputers that we all carry in our pockets. And that's a cool thing because a lot of the times we need to know something. We have a question that needs to be answered. But once again, on the other hand, uh, it opens us up to some potential losses or negatives. One that I can think of is the obvious one, which is that for every piece of good or true information that is on the internet, there is five or maybe even more than that uh, pieces of bad information or just outright falsehoods, right? We, it, it's not the most trustworthy source much of the time. Another thing that it opens us up to with all this greater information, it opens us up to, if you're a Christian who cares about your mind being transformed uh, in obedience to Christ, it opens you up now to the influence of a lot of non-Christian worldviews, which if you're equipped to handle those well, uh, you can practice discernment with, But once again, if we are just casually surfing the web, then we're opening ourselves up to a lot of influences uh, that could be changing us in ways that we might not even be aware of. Uh, Another thing that I can think of is I was speaking at a conference on this issue recently, and I was talking about this this point of uh, us having access to all this information that's out there now. And I just asked the people who are in the room, do you think it's a good or a bad thing for us to have access to that much information? And one of the young ladies in the room said something that I thought was profound. She said, you know, maybe it's not a good thing because now I don't care to learn anything. She said, I hear these facts or I hear maybe something that's happening, a current event going on right now. And I hear it and I think to myself, oh, I should have known that, but I never cared to learn it because I thought, well, I can just look it up if I ever need it. Human beings, us having access to all this information, ironically, what it does is it doesn't necessarily feed our desire to learn and to really grow in wisdom. What it does is it kills it. It kills the the adventurous desire that is in us to uh, enter into new fields of knowledge, grow in wisdom, grow in learning, and invest into deep thought because we're just given the promise of instant and easy information. And so here's just a couple of things we see the gain of virtual community, but the loss of embodied community, the gain of information, but the loss of learning and wisdom. So just based off of these couple of examples, I think we can see how we need to approach media much more wisely. Let me give you 
a beginning point. We could spend a lot more time on this, but let me just give you a beginning point, some practical tips for starting to live something of a Christian digital minimalism. Back in 2019, uh, the writer Cal Newport released this book called Digital Minimalism, which is a fantastic book. I highly recommend it. And what he did is he surveyed all these different issues, uh, going into a lot of depth of how modern technology, digital media, and our devices are changing us as human beings and changing our our social interactions, all the problems that come along with it. And he realized we need something deeper than just practical tips. We need something deeper than just uh, turn off your notifications, right? He said, we need to develop a philosophy of how we even approach all these technologies. I completely agree with them. And so I want to say, I want to start to have us figure out how can we develop a Christian philosophy, a Christian digital minimalism. And so here's just a start. The first thing is that you need to accept the gospel's freedom. There was a uh, media philosopher back in the 60s, a Canadian professor named Marshall McLuhan. And McLuhan said this phrase that's become kind of popular. Maybe you've heard it before. He said, the medium is the message. What he meant by that is that every new uh, communication medium delivers more than just the, the content of that medium. So what he means by it is the medium of radio itself has a message that goes beyond just the dialogue that you might hear on it. The medium of social media itself has a message that goes deeper than just the posts or tweets or images that you're seeing on it. And so here's what we need to do. Taking a cue from McLuhan, we need to first identify what is the message being told to me by this medium. Take social media, for example. Social media, the message is you can have endless connectivity. You never have to feel isolated. You can always be in community. You can have thousands of people know you, care about you, maybe even admire you. You can have endless entertainment. You never have to be bored. You see, these are the messages that go deeper than even just the content yourself. It, it's all those things that drew you to get onto social media, that drew me to get onto social media whenever I got onto it. But what we need to realize is that we need to take those messages that's being told to us and then replace that message with gospel truth. So, you know, social media might tell us this or the access to all of the information in the world that we have on our internet browsers. Um, those messages need to be replaced with the message of the gospel. So while the supercomputer with all the information on it in our pocket might tell us that you can have all knowledge and wisdom. We replace that with the truth of the gospel that says Jesus Christ is the wisdom of God and it is through following him that we discover true wisdom, right? Uh, in response to the promise of social media that you never have to feel alone, that you never have to be disconnected and you can always be in the know. These messages need to be counteracted with the message of the gospel, which is that because of Jesus Christ and his work on our behalf, we have been reconciled to God by the infinite love of God. And we now live in a loving, united relationship with him. And so because of that relationship, we are never alone. And the, all the connectivity that we need to feel should primarily and, and firstly come from him. And so you see, the only way that we start to break our our uh, bondage to these different mediums and medias, or maybe even addictions, is by counteracting what they are telling us with the truth of the gospel.
Here's a commitment that I wrote once that I think that Christians who want to start to practice Christian digital minimalism need to affirm. It's this commitment which says this, my soul will behold Jesus Christ rather than the shallow images offered to me by technology. So first, accept the gospel's freedom, accept the gospel's message, and behold Jesus Christ until you feel freedom from beholding whatever else media wants you to look at. Here's the second thing. This comes straight from Cal Newport in his book, Digital Minimalism. He says to do a digital detox. And here's the way that he describes it, and I'll add in a little bit of my own. But he says to take 30 days away from media. And so that could be a complete wipe, or it could just be one area of your life. Like take, for example, your, your phone. You can start by doing this just with your iPhone or whatever smartphone you have. Do a complete wipe of all the apps, everything on it. Delete everything, keep only what is absolutely necessary for you to live your everyday life and maybe what you need for work and school. Delete everything else for 30 days. Now, over that 30 days, what you want to do is you want to reflect. Notice how you react to not having those things in your life anymore. Notice how you change. Notice maybe how you start to desire different things than you did, you did before. Maybe how you start to desire some embodied community a little bit more than you did before. Notice those things over that 30 days. And then uh, at the end of that 30-day period, you start to allow back into your life only what you now realize actually adds value to your life. Only those things that are actually important. And so you're going to realize a lot of the games that you once had, they don't add anything to your life. They were just taking away. They were stealing so much of your time. Or maybe the social media platforms that you're on that you think are adding a lot to your life. At the end of that 30 days, maybe you'll learn wow, I can miss out on a lot of stuff that previously I thought I needed. Only allow back into your life the stuff that actually adds value, which might be some of your games, it might be some of your social media platforms, but only allow them back in with certain rules. Determine why. What is the value that this app, that this media adds into my life, uh, which is the reason why I'm letting it back in. So the why. Secondly, the how. How am I going to use it now? How am I going to place boundaries around it so that it doesn't suck me back in? The why, the how, and then lastly, I think it'd be good for you to add in the when. Not just how am I going to use it, but when am I going to use it? You know, keep it in, in just certain times of the day or maybe even just certain times of the week. Here's a third tip for you. Fill your leisure time with meaningful activities where maybe once you were filling a lot of your leisure time with video gaming, you now fill it with something else that, uh, that is good or where you were once filling it with social media, you now move on to something else. But do something that is uh, like a hobby, something that you can enjoy, something that builds a new skill or a new, um, or maybe that, help, that makes you learn something new. And you're gonna find how much more fulfilling that is than just wasting all that time on some kind of media. Um, the last thing that I recommend is for you to schedule some regular ongoing phone-free time. Uh, I think that our cell phones are one of the biggest problems. And so schedule some regular time to be away from it, to be untethered. I'd recommend scheduling a daily time and a weekly time. So some hours in the day, some times of the day that you are away from social media, maybe even completely away from your phone, and then uh, at least a full day of the week where you step away from a lot of the media that you allow into your life at other times of the week. Just to keep the ongoing habit of reminding yourself Life can be a lot better in the real world rather than the virtual world. And maybe I don't need this stuff as quite as much as I once thought I did. 
I just want to thank you guys so much for joining us for this conversation today and remind you that there is a big, wonderful, fulfilling life that is waiting for you in the real world. If you're willing to reclaim your time, your energy, and most importantly, your attention away from the media, away from the virtual world and all the devices that are just clamoring for our attention. If you implement some of these suggestions, even starting today, I bet that you'll experience some amazing results and some benefits. Let me encourage you to check out our show notes for highlights from this episode, as well as some resources for you to help uh, going forward in applying some Christian digital minimalism. Thanks for joining us. I hope that you found clarity in the chaos today. If this episode helped you, would you give us a review or maybe share it with one of your friends who might benefit from it as well? I'm Aaron Champ. You've been listening to Filter.